I would say if you're somebody who maybe your friends and family say uh, you're not a good listener or you never listen, I mean, could it just be that you're too stressed? Um, You've got too many things going on to actually settle down into that. And I think the primary verse that I I always think about with stress, even in my own life, is just from Psalm 4610, where it says, Be still and know that I'm God. I mean, that for me, dealing with my stress is taking time to be still. Hello, this is Michael, the producer of the Redeemed Hearts podcast, where we encourage you to allow God to transform you mentally, emotionally, and relationally by living from your redeemed heart. Your hosts, Worley and Danina Kennedy, are licensed professional counselors and are the founders of Redeemed Hearts Ministries. Welcome to episode 12, part three of a four-part series entitled Things That Shut a Heart Down in Relationships. This series will carry us all the way through the month of August, so be on the lookout for future episodes. Here's Worley and Danina. Well, it's good to be back again together with you all and you, honey, as we are talking about things that shut down a heart in relationship. We, uh, during the month of July, have you've hopefully listened to our first two podcasts on this subject, and we're continuing this into August with a couple more podcasts. We believe that uh, this, when the scriptures say that we're to keep our hearts with all vigilance because from it flows the spring of life, that everything about us comes out of a heart, comes out of our mm-hmm. internal world, mm-hmm. and we um, that, that God works there, the heart being the seat of how we think, our emotions, our choices. And so we we also believe, though, that that's where sin occurs and that the heart is deceived and desperately wicked. And so we are... Uh, we encounter this in ourselves and then in people that we that we see that often people get shut down. Mm-hmm. And so we have picked quite a few things uh, that the scriptures talk about that will shut down a heart. And by that, it's it's as simple as what we've gone through with this coronavirus and the command everywhere for people to to shutter in place and for businesses to close and the impact that has on individuals and communities uh, to be shut down. There's no life and there's uh, just, you know, continual impact. So that's where where we're at. And today we're going to pick up with some more of those. And I think you're going to get us started with our next one. And I would say, you know, some of you may feel like, I don't really want to know this, or this is a, you know, a weighty topic. Well, it, it is. But once you recognize maybe something in yourself or you recognize, wow, this is what's going on with this friend or this business partner or, you know, um, my spouse that's causing me to live really shut down toward them, it, it helps to be able to name these things. And then you you have some tools of or some direction, at least, of uh, maybe what you need to work on. Yeah, it, it, it could be described as, you know, I if, if I'm shut down that I feel dead or I just feel indifferent or I feel nothing. Um, it's not just feelings, but it's... Um, maybe just placing a lot of disregard toward a person mm-hmm. 
not placing any value on them or feeling that that person is is placing any value on you. But so for the sake of today, as we start, um, we're going to look at unrealistic expectations first as something that can either shut your own heart down because you just are constantly disappointed or it can cause another person's heart to be shut down toward you because they can never measure up. They're never enough um, when we get unrealistic expectations. So I would ask you today, are you asking another person to be more than what they are capable of or more than what God has even intended them to be? And this is a really fine line in relationships to recognize sometimes. We finished a three-part series with my sister in June on some podcasts on idolatry because we're looking at this this subject. We can take a good thing and turn it into an ultimate thing. I mean, I'll say to women sometimes, your husband has everything he needs to make a great husband, but he will make a horrible God. Hmm. And that's kind of what we're talking about Hmm. here. So... If, if you're putting another person in a place that's only meant for God, our expectations are always um, going to be unrealistic and will over time cause them to shut down. Uh, we hear over and over again, I'm, I'm never enough. I can never come through enough. So on the other hand, though, I don't want people to go, let the pendulum swing to the other side. I see this often um, where they live with no expectations. Right. So, you know, they kill all desire there. And that's unhealthy as well. We want to be people that have expectations, that um, that live with hope. If, if we don't have expectations, then where would our hope, you know, be? Where would it lie? And I think we're, we're constantly thinking about, is my expectation in myself? Am I putting constant pressure on me to be perfect and always be right and always to come through for everybody? And you know, whatever it might be, or is my expectation in others? I need them to come through for me and them to make my life work better. I mean, those things are going to shut a heart down. Or does it start with God and then move out from there with the expectation toward ourself or toward others? And that's that's really key. You know, and we uh, have looked at Psalm 62, 5 and, and 7 as we've talked about this. It says, my soul waits for you only, God, for my expectation is from you. You only are my rock and my salvation. You are my defense. I shall not be moved. If, if we start here, then we're at a better place to determine if our expectations are even realistic. Mm-hmm. And I would say to you, if you're wondering if you have realistic expectations of another person, some questions you might ask is, uh, you know, ask yourself if the person you have that expectation on is actually healthy enough, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually to meet that expectation. Ask yourself if they, you know, have that capability to even, you know, perform in that way or relate to you in that way. And over the years, sometimes we've worked with people that are full of anger and ongoing frustration and pain because they're constantly expecting something from someone that maybe it's just in that season of life they're incapable of giving or, you know, whatever it might be. So we want to um, we want to be asking ourselves that question. Uh, and, and I do want to say, don't mishear me here. It's important and good and okay to communicate your needs to a person, uh, someone that you're close to. But we have to be realistic about those expectations. So unrealistic and uncommunicated expectations, they'll kill a relationship and— before long, both parties are definitely living with closed-off spirits and, 
you know, hearts. Yeah. So in, in just what we're really inviting you to is to, that, that it's important to try to understand somebody else and think about them and think about what's going on with them in any given situation. Um, and there's lots of room to understand and appreciate others. And I think God calls us to that. And so um, appreciate the, the words that you've given us here. And, and we're not, you know, necessarily even talking about this being a sin issue. This is just something that we know that when you live with unrealistic expectations, um, that you'll shut people down. And if we're angry all the time, we're wounded all the time, you know, we're, uh, we're going to know possibly that maybe— you know, maybe that is going on and we need to reevaluate this area. So let's move to the next one that we call neglect. Neglecting, giving time and attention to a relationship will over time cause one's heart to shut down and may cause a relationship to die. So neglect is exactly what you think it is. It's not giving what is needed to, you know, someone else or even the, your, yourself or you know, receiving that. We uh, have a plant in our office that uh, it's a, it's the only plant that needs watered. Mm-hmm. And somehow this lonely plant in our office, we fail to water it sometimes. And the great thing about this plant is it uh, tells us when it starts to suffer. It's very wilty. And it <laughs> just wilts. But the amazing thing we both commented on is you give that plant just a little bit of water in in by the end of the day, probably even half day, mm-hmm. that plant comes back to life. And so the the point being is that as living souls, we need life. We need energized. We need, you know, to be watered. And all of us do. And then the people in our world do. And if we neglect that uh, in others, then there, there's going to be shutting down that occurs. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm a big uh, block of time person, so I'll think, well, I I need to spend time with this person or invest in this person when I have a whole block of time to invest. And over the years, I've grown in learning that I can do that in, you know, the little, um, you know, scraps of time that I have. Mm -hmm. I I kind of think about this in in lieu of a quilt Mm -hmm. that— you know, a quilt comes together with a lot of little scraps mm-hmm. of fabric and it turns into something beautiful. And I'd like to wait till I can make the whole quilt relationally sometimes. And God's had to teach me, you know, just send that text, make that short phone call, um, spend, you know, the 20 minutes you do have with this person or, you know, don't wait till you have that block of time. And I think that's important because kids spell love, T-I-M-E. And, um, you know, time is so important in figuring out how can you just settle down like on the floor and play with your kid for, I mean, if it's um, 15 minutes of, you know, attention that you give them and it's completely focused on them, that that's like that plant. It's, it's going to give some life to them. So in marriage, it's like that. Um, you know, sometimes for pastors, they'll wait until they have time. A whole bunch of time, and maybe they just need to make those two or three phone calls. Yeah, and I was going to mention that when you brought that up in serving as a pastor for the years that I did. What mm-hmm. I learned about the people in our fellowship is not everybody has the same need, yes. and some people it, it was just a phone call, mm-hmm. and others it it required more time, 
but some it wasn't a, a whole lot. But the but the point that we're making here is that you you do tend to the people in your world, and you sometimes don't have to give very much, just like in giving to that plant. And kids, um, some kids take more time than others to feel loved and to feel connected with. Uh, You know, we'll often tell couples, make sure you keep a date night or, you know, something. Because even just we've seen over the years, we know in our own life that once a week date night, I mean, that can save Mm. a marriage. Yes. And it's just making that commitment to a short amount of time. But I like what you said about the fact that sometimes we look for big blocks. Mm-hmm. And this is where I think I've matured and you've helped me in this because I think you've, you've learned and you mm-hmm. do this really well. But is you, you, you can give a little bit here and there and it doesn't always have to be these big blocks of time or energy. So think about the fact that whether it's um, physical neglect, of just not being present with the person, or when you're with the person, you're not really being fully engaged. I mean, that may be a way that you, you're you um, causing another person's heart to just kind of shut down toward you. Um, or, you know, the things where it's real deep pain, like emotional de- neglect, that is where you know, very little value is placed upon uh, the other person's internal world. And this is where a lot of people and a lot of relationships fall apart is at this emotional level of neglect. And this is where your feelings and thoughts are consistently ignored or belittled or invalidated, you know, by those closest to you. So we often see this in marriage counseling where people are not physically divorced, but I I might comment to them, you are emotionally Mm -hmm. divorced. I mean, you're living in the same house, but mm-hmm. you truly are. Um, I mean, you're living divorced mm-hmm. at this level. So I think God's Word has a couple things He says yeah, I, even about this. I like what it says about our Lord in Psalm 100, verse 5. It says, For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. His mm-hmm. faithfulness to all generations. He doesn't stop. And if that's part of what we're talking about here is that it it just continues and the people in your life that God's called you to be able to minister to, whether it's in your family and if you're in a church and, and we need to be, a few people in, in our fellowships, um, that it continues. First Corinthians 13, 8, which talks about love. The final verse is love never ends. Hmm. It never ends. It continues. And how many people do we know, Orly? I mean, a mm-hmm. lot, where it's just— you know, my parent never calls me and they're mm-hmm. adults, you know, or my kid never calls me right. and they're a lot, adults. A lot I mean, of elderly folks. Yes. Yeah. But it, it's sometimes the other way around right. too. I mean, it's just so, so much pain right. is in this area of neglect. And sometimes it's, you know, it's just the question of, well, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Well, how are you really doing? And if you're not doing that all the time with somebody, then that's not an easy question to answer. But So ne- neglect is, is one that will sh- shut a person down. next one is something we've talked about a lot, actually, but it'll shut 
anybody down in that stress. Mm-hmm. So say a few things about stress. And most everyone we know has to deal with stress. We we constantly deal with stress and trying to figure out how to manage that. And we did talk quite a bit about stress and living with uh, margins in our episode four podcast. So we're not going to say a lot here, but constant stress with no break, it will shut a heart down because we're just not made to handle it. And it would seem that, you know, most of our stress, it's either tied to, you know, our heart for other people and caring about other people. Or right now, I mean, the stress is a lot about what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our world is just chaotic right now and causing lots of unknowns or cares about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, part of how I know if I'm living with a lot of stress is I can tell if I'm being real short or mm-hmm. impatient or I just don't have time. I mean, I'm neglecting people because I don't have any time to actually settle down into a conversation, even within my own home. And that bothers me. And I know if I keep doing that, that's going to cause a breakdown in the relationship. Um, I would say if you're somebody who maybe your friends and family say uh, you're not a good listener or you never listen. I mean, could it just be that you're too stressed? Um, You've got too many things going on to actually settle down into that. And I think the primary verse that I I always think about with stress, even in my own life, is just from Psalm 4610, where it says, be still and know that I'm God. I mean, that for me, dealing with my stress is taking time to be still. And um, I mean, this morning, I've had a really stressful week. And I just, I, I thought I could listen to, you know, I could listen to a podcast. I could, you know, um, listen to, you know, a, a pastor that maybe I follow, or I could watch a show while I'm, you know, working on some things. And I just thought, no, I just need to be quiet. Mm-hmm. I need to not have one single voice in my head mm-hmm. um, before we come record our own podcast. And, so. you know, we can do that every day in our stress talks. Yeah. We've talked about Sabbathing. It's essentially, but but it's the choice that says, I'm going to stop. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I like uh, Philippians 4, 5, that starts in to be anxious, do not be anxious about anything, and then tells us to pray about everything. But the way that starts is to say, the Lord is near. Mm-hmm. The Lord is at hand. So you stopped this morning. You met with the Lord, but you had to, you know, you had to choose to do that. And so I think with stress, sometimes it's just a choice. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop for a morning. I'm going to stop for a day, but I'm going to stop. Mm-hmm. Stress will shut us down. It will. So that leads us into the next one, which really uh, can happen because of stress, among other things, and that's fatigue. So, um, And unmanaged stress is going to end up in chronic fatigue. So, so fatigue is a weariness, an exhaustion. Fatigue can be spiritual, it can be physical, it can be emotional, it can be in relationships. Um, any parts of those take a toll on us. I don't think it's always something that we have control over. And then God will often let us go into places of weariness um, so that we see our need and we turn back to Him. Um I mean, we can be responsible for, if, for example, if we're not, you know, pausing in in Sabbathing, we can be responsible for our, our fatigue, but not necessarily. But really, the point we want to make is just that when you are tired, 
you can be shut down. And um, the Lord is no less the Lord when we are in this place than we, when you know, when we're full of energy. Um, I like Isaiah 40, verses 28 and following, where he says, Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. And then even yous, who would have the most energy, even you shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We are involved with a God who never tires. Mm-hmm. Encouraging words to Very us. encouraging. And I think that's why Matthew 11, when he says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I mean, he, he he never runs out of energy, so he I can always plug in or tap in to him. And you know, so God's offering us rest, but we have to make this choice to acknowledge that we need it. Mm. I need spiritual rest. I need emotional rest. Um, I need physical. Mm. I mean, it's just a practical choice that I need to start going to bed earlier, mm. or I need to let myself take a nap, mm. or... Um, I, I need to let my body rest. Sometimes it's that, you know, emotional or relational. And I mean, even with that, if you're in relationships where there's a lot of conflict and you're just both fatigued, um, Vince Lombardi said fatigue makes cowards out of us all. Mm-hmm. It, it's true. And mm-hmm. so sometimes we just need to take a break from mm-hmm. that relational conflict or those deep emotions we're kind of swimming in and rest. You and I have done that with conflict through the yeah. years where we've just said, you know, we're not resolving this today. Mm-hmm. We're just going to pray. We're not going to continue to discuss it. We're going to continue involved with each other and, uh, and and then experience the Lord's giving to us and usually in those cases even helping us understand some things better. Okay. So the last one today that we're going to talk about is a really important one because we see this shut down relationships all the time. And this is uh, when any of us choose to live our lives as a victim. And, you know, a victim is defined as a person who's suffered physical or emotional harm or, you know, property damage or economic loss um, as a result of another person. Even It can even be spiritual abuse, um, you know, sexual abuse, physical, emotional. But it can just be in the everyday life things, too, because we're all sinful people. And so we sin against others. And so, um, you know, that does impact uh, all of us. One of the things for the sake of this podcast today, we don't really have time to go, you know, into all of that. But some of you have experienced being a victim to greater degrees, you know, than others. And there's a very slow process sometimes to healing from this place. And there are, you know, things that we need to do to heal. And, you know, some of that's the grieving and the forgiving, you know, how this other person has harmed or impacted us. But today I want to talk about the side of this that is when we choose to live like a victim, when we're we're choosing to live very helpless and powerless in the relationships we're in or in the circumstances we're in. 
And sometimes without even recognizing this, um, I mean, this this way of living has really shut our own hearts down or it's caused those in relationship with us to live very frustrated and angry or shut down or maybe just give up on you mm-hmm. because, I mean, they're never going to take ownership of their life. And so, you know, I'm, I'm done with them. We have to take ownership of our own pain and our own losses and our own growth um, beyond our own woundedness. And in healthy relationships, everybody, I mean, all partners take ownership. It's not just one. It's both partners or a whole family, whatever it might be, take ownership of the choices that they've made that has impacted their heart or impacted the heart of others. So if you want your relationship to grow and you want your own heart to be set free, you have to take ownership of what you can control. We have to do this. Um, Otherwise, you're going to go through life living as a victim, always blaming and stay stuck and trapped in that pit forever. And Chuck Swindoll, I like how he speaks about this um, because he he basically says that we get to... have the choice uh, regarding all of this. And it really has to do with our attitude. And Chuck Swindoll is known for saying, I'm convinced that life is 10% of what happens to me and 90% of how I react to it. Because he really believes that, you know, we, we live with this remarkable choice every day regarding our attitude, where we can't change the past and we can't change, you know, how people act toward us. We can't change the inevitable. But we can, he says, um, play the one string that we've been given, and that's our attitude. That's our choice. And there's a man in the Bible in John chapter 5. Worley, why don't you tell us about him? Yeah, so um, I'll just read it. It's few first few verses of John 5. It says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And there was in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool in Hebrew called Bethsaida, which has five porticos. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, paralyzed. So just the setting there, these folks are have been there a long time. They cannot any longer help themselves with what they've been struck with. They mm-hmm. are They're victims, victims to their health issues. Um, one man was there who had been ill for 38 years, 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been lying there a long time, he said to him, do you want to get well? Do you want to be healed? What a strange question, you know, he asked him. Of course he wanted to, 38 years. Who wouldn't? Yeah. So so it, it just seems odd that Jesus would say to the man, do you want to get well? So I think God says to all of us, with anything we've gone through, I'm here. I'm I'm your answer. I'm, I'll be your strength. Well, first of all, I'll be your savior. I mean, I'll, I'll come into your life. I'll, you know, remove the old fleshly heart and I'll make it new. I will give you hope and life. I don't know. I mean, he doesn't, I mean, we don't experience the, you know, complete removal of suffering and things like that are a part of a Christian life. But He'll say to us, do you want to get well? And that really goes to the core of what somebody who's uh, shut down because they just play the victim. 
mm-hmm. continues to live with. Mm-hmm. So we encourage you all today just to do the work that's required. If you've been wounded and you've been victimized, it, it it's going to require you address the harm or you address the pain, but it's also going to require the choices that you've made as a result of that injury, as a result of that harm that's been done toward you. And to remember that it is possible I mean, we, we can choose to not go through life helpless and powerless because Jesus is asking us that same question. I mean, do I want to get well? Do you all out there want to get well? Um, make that choice. It, it'll free your heart, and it'll also, you'll see it breathe life into the relationships that you're in when you take that kind of ownership. So we'll pick this up again in, in a final podcast where, again, we're talking about things that shut down our hearts and relationship. And we leave today with just the the thought that the Lord is intent upon uh, the the work that he's doing in each one of our hearts, Mm -hmm. that we live out of these hearts. So see you next time. Continue next time. Thank you for joining Worley and Danina today on the Redeemed Hearts podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are looking for more content from Worley and Danina, we encourage you to visit redeemedheartsministries.com. Hey, I wanted to let you know about this month's tools and tips for relationships video topics available on the website. The series is three parts with a video dedicated each to the topics of speaking, listening, and responding. There's also a short bonus video on the five levels of communication. These videos will be released every Friday throughout the month of July, so be sure to subscribe to a video membership on RedeemedHeartsMinistries.com to gain access to this valuable content. Thank you so much again for tuning in today. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify and share this episode on social media. Please feel free to reach out and contact us through the website. God bless.